When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Phil Mackey. I'd call him a charming Boras. That's what I'd call Perfect. Okay, Perfect yeah, description. Okay. But he's a true gentleman. Oh, they all, everybody loves him. Judd Zolgad. I think that he's sort of the Steve Bartman of the Twin Cities. Yes. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Uh, Judd, you know where Lou Nanny is this week? Where is Lou Nanny? He's in Bermuda. Lou. Wish I was there. Do they have a hockey uh, league in Bermuda? They just started up last night. <laughs> Louie. Yes. You are a very, very smart man because, of course, as soon as it starts to get cold, you go to a place where it's incredibly warm instead of being here and, and it's going to be like 10 above today or something ridiculous like that. Well, I'll be home tomorrow. I just okay. have to work here. So, unfortunately, I'll be back there tomorrow. Um, I'm going to start you off with this one and uh, and tell me if it bothers you too and and if so why why you think uh, it continues to be a trend and this seems to go back with the the uh, wild for quite some time. Why do you think that this team has a penchant uh, during the course of games and it's it happened last night again uh, for essentially falling asleep because you know that they outshot uh, Jersey in in the first. The second, though, again, they started to just get lulled to sleep, and and then they, you know, they get down by two, just like they did last week against the Prads, and you get the furious rally. Why do you think it takes them so long sometimes to get back uh, going? Well, I really don't know. If I knew, I'd tell them. I think that uh, sometimes you got to give the other team credit for doing things that maybe they weren't doing before, and and getting, you know, the wild off balance or just playing more effectively than they were. But they got down the two. I, I saw, you know, part of the game, and I saw the goals. And uh, mm-hmm. the Wild just got to stop giving up four goals a game. I don't care. You call them fluky, call them anything you want, but you just can't continue to give up four goals a game and, and expect to win in this league. The matter of fact that they got so many points uh, after giving up four goals, you know, and they've been able to come back and and. Uh, get a tie or a point anyways is remarkable because usually when you give up that many goals you're out of the game in a hurry and you really got to find a way to get points this yes this conference is so tight right now and it's going to stay like that and and if you don't get points you're going to drift right to the bottom uh point two that that goes back as well that uh that annoys me is this overtime is basically to me a race to try to score, right, Louis? I mean, it's yeah. it's a race yeah. to try and score. Last night they start again, and it, this goes back to, to uh, Yo's years. They start Koivu, Suter, and Granny, and Granlin's fine, 
But what I don't get is, why don't you start Zucker, Granlin, Spurgeon? Why don't you go with speed? Because Koivu certainly has his role, but I don't know that that the speed of, of OT is that role. Why wouldn't you start three of your fastest guys, do you think? Well, I would I would start them just because the other ones haven't worked. And it seems that, uh, you know, the, you you got to... You got to give guys an opportunity to to use a lot of ice and are better with a lot of ice, and they certainly are better when they have speed with a lot of ice. And there's, as we know, not only not checking, but there's very often breakaways in those overtimes. And so I agree with you. I I, I like to see them use the, the fastest guys and the best puck handlers. And uh, Granlin and Zucker. I, I mean, Spurgeon, you know, is always so effective. Back there, and then when even even a guy like uh, Riley, when he's in the lineup, you know, he, he three and three is is up his alley too. It, you're not playing a lot of defense, but you're playing a lot of offense, mm-hmm. and Riley can handle the puck and move the puck and skate too. So you might have to look at at who's really effective when you got three and three, and it's not a defensive game, and it just seems a while they've got to find some solution to it because. Over the course of years, they haven't had a lot of luck with it. Yeah, I would think. Have you noticed? And I guess it's maybe it, there hasn't been enough three-on-three overtime hockey to have a ton of trends develop. But that that it feels like shootouts and overtime hockey that you could find ways to sort of uh, manipulate strategy there to to maybe get an extra four or five points in a season if you if you honed in on the right strategy. Whether it's what Judd's talking about going with speed first. Um, I don't know what other methods there would be, but does it seem like there's room for strategy there to to outperform other teams over 82 games? Yeah, and you know what it is, Phil, and, and that's a good point. Uh, I I personally believe that there's not enough attention paid to line changes and when you change in three and three. Hmm. I think scoring is help happening very often because guys get caught with a bad line change and they're tired at the end of it. And if I if you look at the goal last night. And if you look at how it evolved and what happened, and you play it right back, Zucker, who's much faster, I think, than than Moore, they're basically even. And Zucker, I think, was tired. And Moore had uh, two steps on him by the time they got to the net and put the puck in the net. And I think it all becomes line changes. And and really, uh, you know, you you gotta you gotta find the right time to change. To make certain that you're not caught tired out there, and because that's when the good opportunities come. That's tough too, Lou. Because the- yeah, it really is tough. But you know, it's like anything else. Smart, smart teams when when they get control of the puck, and if they've been out there for say 30, 35 seconds, the guy with control of the puck because they don't use pressure on, he might even stand behind the net, and hmm. just because he can use the net either way. If somebody comes to force him on the right, he goes out left. But while he's standing there, the other two guys should go off. And and then the, the defensive team has got to worry about a long pass. So they can't be, you know, coming in three guys and trying to press press them and steal the puck because all they gotta do is throw it up ice and you got a breakaway. So you gotta take you gotta take the right time to settle it down and get a line change. And and after the other two come on, he gives it to somebody who takes it up the ice slowly and that guy goes off. But you gotta make better changes. I think the Wild makes terrible changes. Last seven games, Louie, 16 goals by f- forwards on this team. Zucker has eight, Nino has four, Stahl has two, Granlin has two. Who surprises you, you the most as far as the uh, slumping goal scores? Well, 
I guess, uh, you know, you'd like to see Enos scoring more goals. Ennis, because that, that's, you know, that's something he should be doing. He's got to score goals. I mean, Stewart was off to a big start, but Stewart's not there for his goal scoring. And, and to, to say, well, he's in a slump, well, that, that's not looking at the right guy to be in a slump because Stewart, he brings the other things. He, he brings the other things in the lineup and, and what he should be doing. And of course, Granlin had to be, uh, you know, he, he missed four games, but he wasn't scoring that much. Koivu wasn't scoring that much. And, and you got to get you got to get scoring from your top two lines to start with. If you're not getting scoring there, you know you're you're going to be in for a tough time because uh, those are supposedly your most productive guys and are getting the most ice time. I have a random NHL question for both you guys, Lou Nanny uh, in Bermuda and Judd Zolgat across the table from me. <laughs> not in Bermuda. What, what are we? Yeah, Judd Zolgat not in Bermuda. <laughs> um, what are we going to do with the Arizona Coyotes? Are we just going to let them sit there and uh, and be ten points behind the rest of the pack and like are they? What what is the future of the Arizona Coyotes, the Cleveland Browns of the NHL? Well, are you talking as far as staying in, in, in Phoenix or, or staying in the NHL race? Uh, I would say staying in Phoenix and just getting them back to being relevant in general. Well, first of all, if if they ever would have done the deal with the, with the Indians that owns Talking Stick, they were talking about building the stadium there. That would have been sensational. And that would have been much better location, and they definitely would have had better crowds. But there's still apparently some talks going on about them moving downtown Phoenix, which also would be wonderful because that would make the people that can afford the tickets and buy tickets a lot closer, at least 40 minutes closer to the building, and you'd get better crowds. At the same time, having said that, I think Arizona's you know going to be at the bottom of the league this year from the times I've saw them play, and and I think that. Uh, Right now, the only thing they can do is have patience because they don't have a lot to trade, no. and they're talking about trading their best defenseman and and getting a few parts. But I wouldn't be trading them yet because there's uh, there's going to be a I think a much better market for them around a trade deadline where you can end up with players and draft choices. Louis, why do you think uh, uh, that bad angle shots bugged Dubnik so much? It seems to be the one. It if you take a point blank shot on the guy. Louis, he's fine, but I've never seen a guy struggle as much as, as he he seems to and fight the puck with with shots from the boards and and sort of odd angles and weird places. Well, yeah, you know uh, that that's a good point, Judd. I I don't know either. Uh, sometimes it almost seems like he's he's not square to the shooter and the boards, and he's more flat. And like a couple of shots have caught the inside of his pad and gone in. And and maybe you got to be turned a little more. I'm not a goaltending expert, but I, I do know what you're talking about, and, and uh, I don't know why that should be a challenge for him, because he's big, he's, uh, you know, got good feet that he should be able to to be in good position and, and not give up anything on that side. When, when you're over in the boards on that angle, essentially the goaltender should just be able to stand there. You don't have to move. Let the puck hit you. Right, exactly, and he, he, he fights it. Uh, Friday night, I went to watch the Gophers play, Louie, and I got one name for you. Casey Middlestead. One and done. Did you see that goal he scored? Yeah. <laughs> one and done. Ooh, that, kid is, that kid is special. <laughs> he is special. He is, uh, he's got a tremendous career ahead of him, and he let that wrist shot go. It was just a blazer in no time at all in the upper corner. But uh, they're fun to watch. You know, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm concerned that people don't realize – 
what a good product they got going there to you right now. They're they're fun to watch. They're young. They're talented. They're fast. I think that uh, somehow, some way, people got to start realizing that it's a good bargain to get themselves over to 3M Center at Mariucci and and uh, really uh, start watching the Gophers because uh, this is a good team. This is a good team, and they're going to get better. They're young. They're going to get better by the end, and there's no telling how far they can go. If Mark Coyle comes to you tomorrow and says, Louie, how do I get butts back in the seats, where do you start for there? I'd start to say uh, set up a, a, a service that I think the Vikings got, some of the other teams might have, where corporations could call in the day of the game and say, I'm not using my four seats tonight. Here's the section, here's the row. And then uh, then the university gives them to uh, you know people that want tickets, uh, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, uh, people that have, you know, maybe listed their names. If tickets come up, just call us. We'll come to the game and do something like that. Because once you start generating people coming to the games, crowds at the game, and make it tough to get in, and more people will want to come. It's always a thing that people want to go where they can't go. And so if you get the people back in the seats there and they can't get tickets, then more people are going to want to go. I almost think, I think part of it, I don't know what percentage of it is, we got so spoiled with the back-to-back championships and then you know how good some of those teams were in the early 2000s and it just became well if they're not if they don't win a championship it's a failure and uh, now they're now they're a failure and you know that's and the, and then you get that perception so I, I almost feel like if they had won a championship 5 years ago or something that um it wouldn't feel as stale that's that's my read on it even just talking to i used to have season tickets as a student and talking to my friends who don't go anymore well you know lucia this well just because you don't win a championship doesn't mean that it's not entertaining and successful still well phil it's like i used to tell people about the pros you know they get upset you don't win the stanley cup and i say to them you like to go to movies they say yeah i said there's only one academy award winner and you still go to movies all the time right well, it's the same thing in, in sports. You, you know, you go to see your team play, and then they might not be able to win the championship, but it's entertaining. And if they're not entertaining, watch the other team. They might be entertaining. Right. But I think if you love the sport, you got to find a way to go. And and I think that if you do go, you'll enjoy it because these teams and this team for sure is fun to watch. And I, it's just getting back in the saddle and, and in, in the groove and doing it again because – uh, I, I think you really get the value for your dollar if you go there. And, and then, you know, college atmosphere is different than everything else. And, and when you start getting that atmosphere back in the ambience, uh, it makes it fun to be around that. Yep. Amen. Thank uh, you, Louie. Right, enjoy, enjoy. enjoy Bermuda. Okay, guys. Talk to you later. Right, Take bye. care. Lou Nanny. What a smart guy. Just a renaissance man. <laughs> he had to go for work. Yeah, just spend a week in Bermuda cutting business deals. It's a tough, it's a tough life when you got to go to Bermuda for work. Uh, how high did the Vikings climb in our pigskin pecking orders? Let's get to that when we come back, Mackie and Judd. Okay, you got to be in the know to know, you know. You got to be in the know to know, you know. That's why you're listening to Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Shot football fans, dig out the meat and potatoes because it's time for Maggie and Judd's pigskin pecking order. <laughs> yes, the weekly NFL top 10 power rankings. We call it the pigskin pecking order. With the only question being, Mackie and Judd. where are the Vikings this week? Yeah, are big win over the Rams. Did they sneak into the top two? Did you put them above the Eagles? Uh, who goes first this week? You go first. Okay. I uh, I dropped two teams out of my packing order. 
I dropped the... Let's see here. Dallas Cowboys were 10th last week. And then the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. There's something like they were... They were easily the best team in the NFL for the first month. And then they just... They've been blah. I still think it's a playoff team. They might even have a chance to win a playoff game or two, but mm-hmm. uh, they lost to the Giants. You know, that's just a, it's a bad look. So anyways, number 10, Carolina Panthers back in the pecking order. Three straight wins, including one over the Atlanta Falcons. Number nine, I still have the Seahawks in my top 10. I know they lost last night and uh, Richard Sherman is out, so it's just not going to be quite the same Seahawks team. But Russell Wilson is playing incredible for the most part. He had 86 rushing yards in a touchdown last night as well. Cam Chancellor too, right? Um, I think Chancellor's out, out as well. I oh, think Thomas oh, I played last rushing night. yards. I'm like, no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm saying their, yeah. their defense is decimated. Uh, yep. So Russell, Secondary. but Russell Wilson is holding that thing together. So Russell Wilson is ranked ninth in my pecking order. Right. Is what I'm saying. Uh, number eight, Atlanta Falcons. I had them out for a minute, put them back in. Uh, took them a couple months, but they're waking up. Wins over Dallas and Seattle. Now depleted Dallas and depleted Seattle, but taking care of business against those two teams. Number seven. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Matthew Collar in the hallway. I love doing the, if you put 2009 Brett Favre on this team, what would they look like and how would we think of I them? I think I know who it is. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. If you put 2009 Brett Favre on the Jacksonville Jaguars, they would be a legit Super Bowl contender. Instead, you got 2017 Blake Bortles. So uh, I'm not sure how much higher they can climb, but that's an incredible defense and they're going to go to the playoffs. Number six. The Los Angeles Rams. I've punished them a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Moving them down a couple spots for losing to the Vikings in the fashion that they did. It was mostly not competitive after the first drive. A 200-yard difference between total offense. Two yards difference in yards per play. The Vikings dominated the Rams in that game. Jared Goff looked flustered. He did. Spent the most of that game looking flustered. Number five, the New Orleans Saints. Eight straight wins, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a solid defense. It's a formula that can win you the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they they come from behind. They were down by a couple touchdowns in that game against Washington. They come out of nowhere, and they win that game. Number four, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Five straight wins, looking more impressive. They'll still give you the occasional clunker, but Hall of Fame quarterback, Antonio Brown, one of the best weapons in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell, one of the best weapons in the NFL. And that's back to being a top 10 defense in the league, maybe even top five. Number three, Minnesota Vikings. This is the highest they've been, I think. I might have, maybe they were third another time. But we've been doing this segment for four years. I think this is the highest I've had the Vikings in the pigskin pecking order. Everything is Super Bowl ready except prove it mode for the quarterback here. Number two, Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Mm -hmm. Wentz, legit MVP candidate. Number one, the New England Patriots. So Patriots, Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, Saints, Rams, Jaguars, Falcons, Seahawks, Panthers. That's my pecking order. All right, this is going, uh, this is not going to be much fun after eight for me because I am pretty much in lockstep with you. Number 10 for me is Seattle. Only because I want to talk about the fact that Blair Walsh, the only thing Blair Walsh had left in his little leg was the fact that he used to be able to make 50-yard field goals, right? That was the big thing. His his rookie year here, he was fantastic. He made the Pro Bowl, based his rookie season on 50-plus-yard field goals made. Well, he had a 52-yarder last night that didn't go wide left. It didn't go wide right. It fell short. Pete Carroll, cut him, cut him now. You're doing yourself no favors whatsoever. He missed three kicks in that one game. You should have cut him then. That's number 10. 
Number nine, a team that's lost four or five but still leads the AFC West, and it's a, it's a weird team. Don't know what to make of them now. The Kansas City Chiefs dropping two spots from seven in my pecking order. Number eight, coming up two spots, the Carolina Panthers at seven and ten. They've won three in a row. They are now second in the NFC South. I don't really believe in them, but that's fine. They're number eight. Number seven is where we start to agree. Jacksonville won four in a row. Playoff team. Defense is fantastic. And now you start to say to yourself, okay, how far can this team go with that defense and with that quarterback? And the answer is they could win a playoff game. They are that defense is outstanding. So there's a lot of like Houston Texans vibe with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they are they're up two spots uh, from nine to seven. Number six, I'm with you. I dropped the Rams three spots. They came here, they looked fantastic for nine plays, and then the Vikings flustered them. Jared Goff didn't look that good. Todd Gurley, who's a great player, couldn't run. Uh, The Vikings convincingly, it wasn't, oh, nice win, it was wow, convincingly beat the Rams, so they drop uh, three spots. Number five, up one spot, the Saints, eight and two. Um, They almost lost that game. In fact, they were down by what, like 10 points to the... uh, to the uh, skins they came back they won that game so they move up one spot for me to number five number four five in a row they do this every year look at what they do the pittsburgh steelers every year about i don't know about week four we're like i don't know about pittsburgh and mike tomlin might be in trouble finally and every year around this time they've turned things around so at eight and two uh five consecutive victories pittsburgh steelers and then three two and one of the same vikings move up one spot to three Eagles go into Dallas and dominate the Cowboys to go to 9-1, and one, so they are still number two, and then number one on my list, the New England Patriots at 8-2. and two. So we're lockstep I, one through seven, Yeah, right? and wow. I, I want to say that there's a chance, if I recall correctly, that when the Vikings were 5-0 and oh last year, I might have put them one. So number three. Wow, you got really they excited. Were, they okay. were one or two. You know, so I might have had You're right. I might have had them up I got, there. Not number one. but At five at five and rip last year, I got very excited. But they are number three in my current pecking order. Oh, so there it is. The Mackie and Judd Pigskin pecking order with the Vikings solidly in the top three now uh, going in. So Patriots, Eagles, Vikings is what we have for our top three. Dave Harrigan. What kind of stuff do you have for us next? A lot of good stuff. Offensive Bill Belichick. Mike Leach on the upcoming holidays. Just how much the Browns really do suck and when a coach just shouldn't say anything. Uh, All of that next. Uh, Right now, we are sitting in the TCL Broadcast Studios at 1500 ESPN, staring at a 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV, which means... Excellent picture quality, sleek design, stunning resolution, and TCL Roku TVs have endless entertainment, a Roku device built into the TV itself for the most streaming content of any TV on the market and entertainment in any room in your house. In fact, the TCL Roku TV puts all of your entertainment favorites in one place, so no more things to plug into your TV you don't have to worry about the input button or an extra like HDMI cable, uh, no menus, nothing like that. On one page, you've got your cable or satellite uh, guide, whatever it is that you subscribe to. And then on the next page, so to speak, you get the Roku menu with 4,000 plus streaming channels and 450,000 movies, TV show episodes. 
it's really the gold standard in TVs, and that's why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand. Find TCL TVs at any major local retailer, Mackie and Judd. They need it now. Mackie and Judd now continue. They want it now. On 1500. Get it on. ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Keep your car running newer, longer. Come into Firestone Complete Auto Care and get $100 off with a purchase of $500 or more during the Black Friday savings event. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, Dave. What type of serious stuff do you have for us today? You guys mentioned it as part of the pigskin pecking order, what happened in Seattle last night. 52-yard try to tie it and send it almost certainly to overtime. Blair Walsh straight down the middle and short. You guys have listened to Blair Walsh explain away missed kicks before in Minnesota. Then, of course, there was the three-miss game earlier this season with Seattle. If you had to guess what Blair Walsh said to reporters after the game and asked about the kick, what do you think he said? Where was this game being played? In Seattle. A uh, gust, of, gust of wind coming into his face, kicking into the wind. Judd? I bet he said I bet he said something along the lines of, um, I just have to look towards the next kick or mm. something trying to forecast the future. Boy, the, both very good guesses. Very, very good, but not quite. Yeah, just, I mean, hindsight would have driven it more or driven it more. And um, not left it short. I was too accurate. That side of the stadium is definitely tricky and, you know, want to make sure it was straight so it went through. Um, but I need to probably drive it obviously more, and I didn't. He was too accurate. I was too accurate. Yes, that's. Dude, he's so insecure. I'll go back to oh what I God. to what I said before. I'll go back straight. to what I said before. This whole this guy's whole calling card when he came to the Vikings was the fact that these were the kicks he could always make. He would always make the fifty yarder plus. He had the huge leg. If he can't do that, he is useless. Keeping him is silly. Cut him. Let him go to the CFL. Let him find another career. He is useless. Useless. He's good with first graders. <laughs> Honest to God. I just, I'm so tired of this whole thing with him. Just let's get him out of the league. I've cleansed myself of Blair Walsh. <laughs> I think it's hilarious how focused he is on accuracy now. <gasps> Too accurate. So accurate. The problem. Uh, another guy who probably shouldn't do any more speaking is Sean McDermott. Coach of the Buffalo Bills, he made the great decision to start Nathan Peterman and watch him throw five interceptions in the first half. And when asked to recap the performance a day after, he still went full Peterman. You know, I remain confident in Nathan. And, and you know, there were some plays yesterday I know he wants back. There was also some plays where when you look at it, you say, That's, that was pretty darn good, you know. Um, hard to see. Um, on the surface, you know, 10,000 foot view, hard to see that with the result being what it was. When you take it one play at a time and you really look at it and say, hey, we're moving the ball. Why no laughter in the media room? Do we not openly laugh at coaches when they like, say stupid things? I, I totally agree. <laughs> okay, if no, a coach snicker. is going to get up there, 
like a blithering idiot and try and force feed you the, well, I looked at the film and there were some good things in there and there were some plays. Go bleep yourself. Hard to see for the uh, we those out fan. there that yeah. aren't the film studiers. So hard. We smirk and we snicker at times like that. You don't outright laugh. You just go, really? A coach like that deserves really? to be outright laughed at to his face. <gasps> that is... A lot of good things. Have you watched the film? I mean, Peterman, there are a lot of good things there. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick is making the people of Mexico very angry. They had a hurricane. Uh, Earthquake. Earthquake. Oh, earthquake. Guys, like, global warming like a is going to ramp up. But different. <laughs> the greatest earthquake ever. The fantastic earthquake. An earthquake not that long ago, a couple months ago, that killed about 200. And yeah, this was Bill after his team uh, escaped uh, Mexico with a win. The players did a great job of, of dealing with all the challenges that we had to deal with. And um, you know, I think we're fortunate there was no volcano eruptions or earthquakes or anything else while we were down there. I mean, we have two NFL franchises in an area that I don't know how how stable the uh, ge- geological plates were below us, but we <laughs> nothing happened, so that was good. Many people quick to point out that, uh, ah, Bill, there's also NFL franchises in San Francisco, the L.A. area. Oakland. Oakland, yeah. They, they have earthquakes there, too. I love Bill Belichick. Oh, he so didn't want, want to play that game there. Do you think he wanted to say desperately didn't want to play there? It, it just felt like a shady area, but yes. he didn't. But yeah, he didn't, oh yes. But instead of saying that, he referred to like natural disasters. Yes. Instead of like you know the people or the places that you would be residing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This from the uh, for the wind blog. <sighs> Details on just how much the Cleveland Browns suck. I know we all know they suck, but did you know they suck to this level, boys? Since 2015, these stats are from, okay? They have covered just 28% of their games. They have covered it, just 28%. That's not good, but it's worse at home. They have covered in just 23% of their games as home underdogs, 4-13. and 13. They are 1-9 in, in conference games since 2015. They have never covered in a game after a bye week in the last three seasons. That's amazing. They I mean, have also really never gone into a game at home as a favorite. They have on the road, but not at home. Yeah. So Trust the process. The Browns. Trust the process. Yep. Yeah, it hasn't worked out too well. Uh, so, I, I would keep Hugh Jackson around because you can't just keep firing guys every two years. So would, I'd keep him around. If if you were given a choice right now from professional sports, would you uh, contract the Coyotes from hockey or would you contract the Browns from football? If you could contract well, one would, franchise. I, I would not contract the Browns because I think it's going to be amazing when they, they're eventually going to do something like win a division or go to the playoffs in the next and, century. Yeah, I was going to say, you and might not be, be alive when it happens. So, I don't know, like... I. I would probably just get rid of the Coyotes because no one cares. Just go put another team in Vegas. Put two teams in Vegas. Put two hockey teams in yep. Vegas. Do you guys have anything, anything about the holidays, Thanksgiving or other, that you don't like? Something that annoys you? Something you wish we didn't have to do? Or I think nap shaming. Nap shaming. When you uh, on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think. I didn't know anyone shamed on. No, that. I just maybe it's my own hang-up. I feel insecure about how yeah. tired I am after eating I and then wanting to curl up. In the middle of a family gathering. In and somebody I'm just else's like, home, maybe? Correct. Yeah. Somebody else's home. I don't want to feel shame, is what I'm saying. When I get tired, if it's at your home and it's a bunch of family, friends, I'm going to nap anyway. Sure. 
Don't shame me. Judd, you don't have any complaints, do you? Annoyance? I don't really care. Oh, well. No. Good thing Mike Leach was asked yesterday about his least favorite holiday traditions. He didn't have a whole lot negative to say. Thanksgiving to me, it's uh, all about the turkey and then gravy, I think, is the key component that really distinguishes that meal. Uh, uh, Christmas... I always felt like too big of a wind-up for Christmas. As a kid, it'd drive you crazy because you can't wait. As an adult, it drives you crazy because you're sick and tired of it. Yeah. Um, I've never really got the hang of Easter, you know. I mean, um, some jelly beans and marshmallow rabbits, and, well, that's it then, you know. Uh, As far as the commercialization part of it, I mean, obviously, uh, you go to church, and that's a huge event. Uh, I, I guess I'm not that festive of a guy. But coach, I mean, with Thanksgiving just around the corner, you could say that about the turkey and the gravy. But have you ever tried a turducken? You know, where you do the chicken inside of the duck inside of the turkey. Have you ever tried that? No, I don't plan to. Really, I've eaten a lot of duck though, and I used to have duck meat sandwiches all through junior high and high school. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't like duck. <laughs> But I, I always, because it's dry. Uh, so they're dry, but I, I find them to taste very much like beef steak, okay? So what you do is you'd slice it really thin so you'd mitigate the fact that it's dry. Put Heinz 57 steak sauce over it, which I thought was a very nice touch. And then, um, of course, your tomato, your lettuce. And, and I had a big time. And, and, and probably once or twice in all those years, You'd have the dubious experience of all of a sudden there's hard, something hard in your mouth. And, of course, uh, even though you sliced it thin, uh, you didn't get all the buckshot out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you'd chew away. <laughs> What's this? Glad you didn't break your teeth and pull the sucker out. And there it is, a BB, and you'd flick it at your buddy. That's what you'd do. There's so much to unpack there. So much to oh unpack. My God. Duck can be a little chewy. He's right about that. I like duck. It's tasty, but it's chewy. Here's his problem, turkey. You got to get the bag. It's dry if you don't have the bag, but if you cook the turkey in the bag, it's it's succulent. It's just fine. So you got to get the bag. Um, but he's right about Christmas. That does. As an adult, I get really annoyed by I Thanksgiving is great because it kicks her off right. Opening day, Thanksgiving, I love it. But he's right. The build up then for the next month and and plus. The fact that everyone now takes December off drives me crazy. Like I from mean, work, you're saying? Yeah, go go to work. Go to work until a couple days before Christmas and then go back to work. It does feel like most people take time off. Most projects or things that would be, oh, you know, like you get something going in November, right? Big work project or, hey, let's uh, be great to get this. And then people mostly just go away mentally and physically until January. Yes. So, like, nothing gets done. It used to be the week between Christmas and New Year's, nothing gets done. Now it's pretty much between Thanksgiving and New Year's, yes. nothing gets done. It's an excuse not I'm to work. I'm with on this one. Okay, I think you can still work well, yes. and enjoy libations at night and well, food with family and enjoy, friends. Enjoy the season, but go to work. <gasps> Do your job. Too much pressure. The older you get with Christmas, the more pressure there is on Why? gifts and finding the right thing. And, oh, did I spend enough on that person? Did I spend enough? Eliminate know, gifts. I have. Eliminate them. It makes sure it's so great. I and won't say case, eliminate, but eliminate for everyone that's not really close to you. Eliminated them all together. Well, that's because you hate Don everybody. and I don't get presents now. 
No, no, it's the greatest ever. Eliminate gifts. Unnecessary. And eliminate all personal human connection. No, no, no. You can go have drink with your buddies all you want. Don't drive. Drink all you want. Human connection's great. Eliminate gifts. It's the greatest thing. When the gal and you sit down and say, you know what? If we need something, we go buy it. And that's that's what buy we it do. together. Yeah. But I'm I mean, all for like the, the group, you know, let's buy it, let's treat ourselves. If you kind see of a something thing, yeah. in June that you really want now, guess what? You're gonna buy it, right? You don't need to wait till Christmas to get yeah, it. So I think some people do that where you there's something you want to buy in June, but I'm gonna be I gotta be budget conscious. Or let's say it's uh, September or October. Yep. And you gotta well, I gotta be budget conscious because yeah, I wanna save for the holidays. No. We'll, we'll, we'll buy this now. Buy it now. Yeah. Here's the one thing I see, though, and this is the one thing that amazes me. Car companies have ads now where where mom or dad wake up, right, and they come downstairs, and in the driveway, there's a new surprise. If my wife bought me a surprise car, I would, I'd be like, what are you doing? First of all, we're buying a car. I want in. Second of all, that's you not just what spent, happened when you guys bought a car like two months ago. You just spent. I don't think you had anything to do with the decision making. She did all the research online. I mean, Pat offered you basically, uh, and I offered you my guys she, at Luther she Toyota. Did, she did all the research online and present. I am CEO of the family. She presented me with the solution, and I said, and I approved it. She's whoa. president. You do. Okay. I'm CEO. So you, oh. you I run, signed up. You run it. the company. I run the company, which means I do nothing. Okay, misogynist. Wow. Which yeah. means I no no she's smarter than than I am, but I get to run the company. And so I that signed sounds off. sounds like a great CEO. So I signed off on it. You're certainly not a hands-on CEO. But I don't we, want a car in my... What I'm saying is I don't want a car in front of my house on Christmas Day as a surprise. I want to be in on the car. Don't be buying a car. You're a gem. Don't be <laughs> buying a bleeping car and then surprising me. Let's just go to break. <laughs> Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They don't fool around. That's why people trust them. I know. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. New today on Blu-ray and digital, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson star in the outrageous action comedy, The Hitman's Bodyguard, also starring Selma Hayek and Gary Oldman. Get the film that has big action and even bigger laughs. Own The Hitman's Bodyguard now on Blu-ray and digital and head to the 1500 ESPN stream player for details on how you can win your very own Blu-ray combo pack. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. Um, we just did our pigskin packing order, which uh, we posted on our Facebook page, too. If you missed it, you can uh, you can find the video of it, facebook.com slash 1500ESPN, where we rank our top 10 teams. You and I both have the Vikings third. Roderick, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, I wanted to call you out, Mackie, on your prejudice against Cam Newton. Okay. I think it's blatant, and I think it's a shame, because you have them begrudgingly ranked 10th, four spots behind the Jaguars, and I think that's absolutely laughable. The Panthers have the second overall defense, which is only one spot behind the Jaguars, and it's ahead of the Vikings. I believe the Vikings aren't even in the top five. And then the Jaguars have the number one rushing offense. The Panthers have the number seven rushing offense, which is ahead of the Vikings. Uh, Cam Newton is not playing with his number one target, Greg Olson. He doesn't have a top wide receiver. You think Case Keenum is a career backup. Nobody thinks Blake Bortles is an NFL-quality QB, and yet last week you had the Dallas Cowboys, who were 5-4 and four at the time, at number 10, and you didn't even have the Panthers at 7-3 and three ranked. That is laughable. Okay, hold you can't on. justify having the Panthers not ranked above, not ranked and having Dallas Cowboys ranked. And if you think that 
Case Keenum is a backup or you think that Bortles is terrible, Bortles and the Jaguars are pretty much the same as Carolina and Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a much better player. All right, it's a fair question. A lot to unpack there. A few things. The Cowboys are different now without their star Pro Bowl left tackle, without the heartbeat of their defense, Sean Lee, and without Ezekiel Elliott. So, um, like, those are three of their main pieces, and those guys are out, so the Cowboys are different now than last week and the week before that. I think the, this is where, where Roderick and I disagree. and I We're up against the clock, so uh, Roderick, hopefully you can hear this response. The Jaguars, I think, have a decidedly better defense than the Panthers and maybe even than the rest of the league. I mean, the Vikings are right in that mix, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, I just want to illustrate something. The Jacksonville Jaguars hold opposing quarterbacks to a 64.5 passer rating. They've allowed seven touchdown passes, that's it, in 10 games, and have picked off 13 passes. The average net yards per attempt is four yards when you throw the ball against the Jaguars. So the the gap between, and you know, the the um, the Panthers have a solid defense, but opposing quarterbacks have a 92 passer rating against the Panthers, a 64 passer rating against the Jaguars. There's a decided gap between those two defenses. And as far as Cam Newton goes, I mean, Cam Newton, that's, I don't think it's that far out of an argument. Cam Newton, this is his seventh season in the NFL. He's had one big star breakout year. Otherwise, he's been just kind of a league average quarterback. Now, if you put Cam Newton on the Jaguars, yeah. I think he's a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. That's a better team so, with Cam Newton. R- Roderick's more upset about your view of of Cam than the Panthers, I believe. I think he well, is... he's saying all thing if all things are all right. are equal, but they're not equal. The Jaguars have a much better defense than the Carolina Panthers. The Jaguars number one in points allowed, number one in yards per play. Panthers, 5th in points allowed, 11th in yards per play, and the passing defenses aren't close. I've got the Panthers 8 and Jacksonville 7, but I will say this. Cam has gone a long ways uh, to, in in what's happened this year toward losing me. I mean, there's been there have been enough things with Cam now where you do start to say to yourself, what are you doing? His career pass rating is 85 Right, but but it's just it's just a lot of things. The last one was a couple weeks back. He did something else. He walked out on something. It's just there's there's enough with him. I think he's talented, and I think that if he harnesses that talent, he can be a good quarterback. I do think that there's certain components missing, though. 